The parish likes to, to look at kind of the bigger picture. A priest is an altar priest. They just go, go, go. In the zeal full of Jesus Christ. There is compassion for poor people. And it has this beautiful historic church. Heaven coming down to earth. Thanks be to God. From the Rome of the West, this is the Catholic Gateway Podcast. Your audio gateway into the Archdiocese of St. Louis. On each episode of the Catholic Gateway Podcast, we'll tell the stories about the interesting people, places, and events that make up the Archdiocese of St. Louis. We'll also give an update on Catholic news, courtesy of the reporters from the St. Louis Review and Catholic St. Louis Magazine, the official publications of the Archdiocese of St. Louis. So with trust in the Holy Spirit, let's begin. Hello and welcome to this special Catholic Gateway Podcast episode. I'm your host, Gabe Jones. It's been a few weeks since you've heard from us. After 22 episodes and with it being the dog days of summer, we thought it was a good time to take a short break. Lots of people go on vacations this time of year and the St. Louis Review actually didn't publish an edition around the Independence Day holiday. But we've used the time away to do a little assessment of the podcast since we posted the first episode about a year ago in August 2016. We've decided to start something a little different with the podcast. For the foreseeable future, the plan will be to post a weekly news update. If you've listened to some of our recent episodes, you've already heard these news updates. In this weekly news update, you'll hear about some of the things going on in Catholic St. Louis that are important and some which you may not hear anywhere else. We'll also mention the quintessentials from the St. Louis Review. Then I'll talk to one of the reporters of the St. Louis Review about a story or stories that have appeared in a recent paper. If you're familiar with the podcast, you know that all the episodes until now have also included a feature story of some sort. Some of these included a look at how some Catholic agencies are dealing with the opioid crisis in our area, or we got to know the newly ordained priests for the Archdiocese. Well, you'll still hear these feature stories, but they'll be produced as standalone episodes, and we'll release them in close succession from time to time, sort of like a season, as you might hear on other podcasts or see with your favorite TV show. Of course, we want you, the listener, to get the best experience possible from this podcast. So if you have any feedback you want to share, please email us at communications at archstl.org. That's communications at archstl.org. Or drop us a note on Twitter, You can find me at Gabe H. Jones, that's G-A-B-E-H-J-O-N-E-S. The Archdiocese is simply ArchSTL, A-R-C-H-S-T-L. Whether you have ideas for ways we could improve or you want to let us know you enjoy the show, we want to hear from you, so please reach out. Now let's take a look at the news in the first episode of our new format. Here's what's happening around the Archdiocese of St. Louis for the week of August 7th. 2017. The Knights of Columbus were at America's Center this past week for the 135th Supreme Convention. 2,000 Knights and their families attended, and Archbishop Carlson was the celebrant for the convention's opening Mass. Archbishop focused on prayer, stating, quote, We must be men and women who live in the Holy Spirit. We must be men and women of prayer. Without prayer, we will not have the life that Jesus desires for each one of us, Be grounded and nourished by prayer. 
As you've probably heard, the total solar eclipse will be visible across much of the St. Louis area on Monday, August 21st, 2017. Dr. Kurt Nelson, superintendent of Catholic Education, released a memo to Catholic schools in the Archdiocese encouraging them to do something special for the day, saying the occasion presents a perfect opportunity to talk about the relationship between faith and science because young people mistakenly see faith and science as incompatible. This eclipse is a perfect time to point out that the church has been and continues to be very supportive of the sciences. Remember that viewing an eclipse without the proper eyewear can lead to eye damage. You can visit eclipse2017.nasa.gov safety for more information. The Missouri Catholic Conference, the public policy agency for the Catholic Church in Missouri, is celebrating its 50th anniversary in 2017. The MCC invites you to participate in a special anniversary celebration at St. Joseph Cathedral in Jefferson City on Saturday, October 7th. The event includes an address by Papal Apostolic Nuncio to the United States, Archbishop Christophe Pierre. Since 1967, the MCC has been the voice of Missouri's Catholic bishops and Catholic citizens in the halls of the state capitol. 2017 will focus on celebrating the past accomplishments of the MCC and working toward future achievements together with bishops, legislators, and the citizens of Missouri. To register, please visit mocatholic.org. The Office of Laity and Family Life is organizing a pilgrimage to Dublin for the 2018 World Meeting of Families. The pilgrimage will be led by Father Brian Fallon. To find out more about the pilgrimage, please visit catholicsindublin.com slash archdiocese of st lewis or contact Melissa Keating at Melissa Keating, M-E-L-I-S-S-A K-E A-T-I-N-G, at archstl.org. Now here are the five quintessential stories from the St. Louis Review, handpicked by the staff for you to share and discuss this week. You can find these stories at stlouisreview.com slash five things, or in the paper dated August 7th through 13th, 2017. Knights in Action. As mentioned earlier in our newscast, around 2,000 Knights of Columbus members and their families were at America's Center this past week. Joe Kenny has more on the story. Jennifer Brinker has a story about Sister Mary Antona Ebo and the celebration of her life and her legacy that took place on July 30th at the Missouri History Museum in Forest Park. And in just a minute, you'll hear more from Jennifer about the event when I sit down and talk to her. Jennifer also wrote an article on Melissa's Smile, Birthright's new fund, which is a resource to help parents of babies with disabilities. St. Louis Catholic Academy volunteers believe in benefits of reading, and they recently transformed the school's library. Joe Kenny has more. Also, former St. Louisan Cardinal Timothy Dolan, Archbishop of New York, recorded his satellite radio show at the Steak and Shake in Maplewood this past week. You can read about the event in this week's paper. There's a look at what is happening around the Archdiocese of St. Louis. Remember, for these stories and more, visit stlouisreview.com and archstl.org. And stay up to date with the Archdiocese by following the Archdiocese of St. Louis and the St. Louis Review on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you for listening to the Catholic Gateway Podcast and this news update for the week of August 7th, 2017.
been a few weeks since I've done a Catholic Gateway podcast episode, and uh, you know, with the summertime, things are just a little slower. And uh, the St. Louis Review didn't publish around July fourth, you know, so uh, just uh, kind of a little out of our normal routine. But here we are back at it uh, for uh, for this week of August seventh, two thousand seventeen. I'm here with Jennifer Brinker on the Catholic Gateway Podcast again. Thanks, Jennifer. Oh, you're welcome. How are you, Gabe? I'm doing all right. Enjoying the summer and the, the warm weather we've had. But, you know, today felt a little bit like fall. It's kind of kind of strange. It did. It actually felt exactly like what you're describing there. <laughs> so uh, I'm not ready for fall yet. But uh, anyway, we uh, I wanted to bring you in. Uh, like I said, been out for a couple weeks or, or just haven't been able to pull an episode together for a couple weeks. And there's been a few... Uh, events, noteworthy events that we that we ought to talk about. The first one being on July 25th, the Missouri Senate passed uh, SB5 uh, that addressed some pro-life issues, uh, a number of pro-life issues. And Jennifer, do you want to outline those real quick? Sure. Um, I think there are probably like more than half a dozen provisions in this uh, measure. Um, Ultimately, the the goal of this special session in in the passage of this bill was to protect um, the health and safety of women and unborn children and really provide some protections for pregnancy resource centers. So um, the big thing, obviously, was um, having to do with uh, the local uh, government and um, looking at uh, the St. Louis City Ordinance that was uh, passed earlier this year. So this um, measure actually will help preempt uh, those local governments from enacting those ordinances that adversely affect legal rights of individuals based on their views of abortion. Um, but in in addition to that, there's some other kind of interesting provisions. Um, now abortion clinics are um, going to be uh, required to be inspected annually. Um, the Missouri Attorney General is going to have greater authority to enforce Missouri's abortion laws. Um, there also will be a requirement for abortion clinics to have a, a plan in place for managing medical emergencies. Um, as far as uh, fetal tissue from aborted babies, um, all of that tissue will have to be sent to a pathology exam where um, previous law was that only a representative sample needed to be um, sent. Um, there'll be whistleblower protections for employees um, who are employed at abortion clinics or otherwise involved in uh, the abortion industry. Um, and then there's also a prohibition um, for uh, uh, from abortion clinic workers from instruct excuse me instructing first responders not to follow protocol uh, when responding to an emergency at a clinic. So a lot of provisions in this bill. One of them, as you said, preempts other local ordinances uh, adversely affecting you know employees or organizations that are that are dealing with abortion and, and, and specifically like pregnancy resource centers. Uh, that are trying to uh, to help women uh, not have an abortion. But uh, Archbishop Carlson did say that the lawsuit that the Archdiocese has fi- filed, along with Our Ladies Inn and uh, Frank O'Brien, will continue. And so we'll see how that plays out. But uh, this is sort of time to take maybe a victory lap a little bit. So uh, your story from the July 31st through August 6th, 2017 edition of the St. Louis Review includes some reaction from a few people. And what are people saying about this bill and, and sort of uh, what it means and, and uh, how, how important it is? 
Sure. Well, ultimately, I, I think the overwhelming response from the pro-life community is that this was such a great thing that this passed. Um, you know, one thing in particular, I was talking to Deacon Sam Lee, who is a pro-life lobbyist in Jefferson City, and, you know, he, he focused on, you know, the, the St. Louis City Ordinance, and I know there's you know, been such a, a negative reaction to that within the pro-life and even within the Catholic community. Um, and he said, you know, looking at, at this, the passage of this, this bill in the special session is just a reflection of how, you know, with, when something like bad like this happens, you know, God can make good of it. And, um, you know, people came together to do something about it. And so this really kind of spurred, this ordinance spurred people into action, um, not just the legislators, but I think people in, in St. Louis that are seeing what's happening here. Um, there was an overwhelming response, I think, with our legislators. Um, Sam had talked about that a little bit, too. So, um, you know, it's just an overall, you know, um, uh, effort, you know, that kind of united everybody um, to, to fight back against this. And I think there's some energy, too. I was just at a pro-life banquet last night and um, seemed like there was maybe, maybe a bigger crowd, just a little more something there. And uh, hard to put my finger on it, but Maybe uh, maybe there's some something some more energy, like I said, in, in the pro-life movement here in St. Louis and Missouri. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. And of course, there's always a chance with laws that, that this could be challenged in court, um, or or you know we hope you know not, but maybe overturned. So this battle is far from over, and the battle uh, to you know outlaw abortion is is not over yet. So we have we have a lot more to do on that in that front. Right. Yeah. Uh, another event that you covered recently was a celebration of Sister Antona Ebo and her, her life's legacy. This took place at the Missouri History Museum. Your story is in the August 7th through 13th edition of the St. Louis Review. You can also find these stories online. Um, tell us about this event. What was it for and, and why, why was it held? Right, so um, this is a celebration uh, in honor of Sister Ebo, um, and, and she unfortunately was not able to be there that day, but she watched it via live stream um, from home. And it was all about, you know, the legacy, you know, that, that um, she continues to carry, um, you know, beyond looking at her role in Selma. Um, so she, you know, was one of a, a group of women religious from St. Louis who went and marched in Selma in 1965. Um, you know, it also um, kind of looked at, um, you know, her really trailblazing work in this area in healthcare administration. Um, she was one of uh, the first African-American women to join um, what is now the Franciscan Sisters of Mary. Uh, she was the first, um, I believe, woman, I know first African-American woman, um, to be a hospital administrator in the state of Wisconsin, um, where she was at a, a hospital there in um, Baraboo. Um, so, you know, kind of looked at all of that, but also I think what was kind of neat, um, was just hearing people who know her or know of her and, you know, how they hope to really carry on this kind of work and, and mission that she's had, um, you know, for a good part of her life. Um, and so part of that is, you know, you know, fighting for, um, racial, um, justice, um, but looking at it from the lens of faith, you know, and how, um, her faith has kind of guided her in, in that work. So, um, that was really neat. The other kind of cool thing was, um, you know, knowing that this was being live streamed back to her, her home, um, everybody in the crowd, you know, every now and then something would be said or, you know, about her or a picture shown and, and people would stand up and they'd cheer and they'd yell, Ebo. <laughs> so they were, they were really trying to, to cheer her on, um, you know, and just, uh, 
really a way to say thanks for you know the the leadership um, and the vision that she's provided for so many of us. So this was at the Missouri History Museum on Sunday, June uh, July thirtieth. Why was it at the Missouri History Museum, though? There's, there's a little something else there, right? Right. So right now there is a civil rights exhibit going on at the museum, uh, and it runs through April of 2018. So it's going to be around for a while. Um, and it's, it was kind of an extension of that. A friend of hers, Philip Deitch, um, put together the program, um, and it featured you know, photos and video, like past video interviews with her and um, speakers, and uh, there was a rapper, C Sharp, who was there and performed. Um, there was a choir from uh, St. Matthew, which is her home parish. They, they came and sang, and um, some of our other Catholic parishes were represented too. Um, so really it was kind of an extension of the civil rights uh, exhibit, and that focuses on the whole civil rights movement in St. Louis, you know, going back as far as the Dred Scott decision um, up through Ferguson and and what's been happening since, you know, the unrest in Ferguson. So there's a couple of interesting um, points um, related to the Catholic Church in this exhibit too, which I think it's, I highly recommend it. This is, it's really just a well done exhibit. Um, And there's a couple pieces. One is the desegregation of uh, Catholic schools, uh, which Archbishop, then later Cardinal Ritter, um, oversaw. And then um, St. Louis University's involvement in the desegregation movement as well. So those are kind of some interesting Catholic connections to that whole movement. That's really cool. Well, we, we encourage people to, to go out and see that, especially because of the Catholic connections. That's kind of cool. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about real quick is uh, this is maybe one of your favorite stories, I think, recently. And uh, you probably had the most fun doing this and putting this together as you had on any other story recently. <laughs> um, I'll just tee it up like this. Catholic STL rocks, right? I mean, that's that's yeah. the gist of it. <laughs> that's that's the gist of it. <laughs> so, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were sitting around talking, and and uh, it dawned on me it was a it would, was a year ago that the Pokemon Go kind of trend was like the hottest thing. It was the big thing, and we did a story. Which is funny. Like, now you don't even hear about it. No, it's just... no. I think that, you know, there are dedicated groups to this that are still really involved in it, but for the most part, it's it doesn't have that widespread appeal or interest like it did last summer. So, so I was kind of looking around on social media, and I started seeing these um, groups popping up and people posting about making painted rocks like and this is nothing new (laughs) so people are just painting um you know different designs whatever and getting their kids involved and then they'll go and hide them at parks but it's kind of an interesting thing um you know where they're they're creating like groups on social media like facebook and then you know posting like oh we hit a group of rocks you know at this park or whatever and then other people would find them and post them and so you know and sometimes it spreads out beyond st louis and that sort of thing um so i looked at that and i thought gosh that would be a really great way to evangelize you know um so we had our staff got together and (laughs) we had a rock painting day we created all kinds of images we had sacred heart we had um the image of divine mercy we had the Archdiocese uh, crest. Uh, so all kinds of different, you know, Catholic images and, and sayings painted on there, scripture. Um, and so then we've now taken them and kind of hidden them out there. So we do have a Facebook group called Catholic STL Rocks. Um, and I encourage everybody to go and check it out on Facebook. Um, but it's just kind of a great way to evangelize and maybe just connect with people in kind of a real organic way. A very direct 
hard way. <laughs> I'm sorry, that, that was too much, too much of a pun there. Um, no, actually, though, I saw on Twitter that uh, our colleague Dave Luking was recently on vacation and left a rock or, or a couple rocks in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So these rocks, they're getting around. The Catholic STL evangelization is going yeah. nationwide. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably the furthest our batch of rocks have gone. Um, I think another colleague um, might have gone to Illinois. I was in Illinois near Chicago, and our family hid some in a park near there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just kind of a way to kind of get the word out. And so then, like, what we do on the on the back of these rocks, like, we'll paint the Facebook logo, and then we write Catholic STL Rocks. So people know where to find us. So that's how you make that connection on social media. But even if people don't, it's just another way to spread joy and the gospel message, really. And you, you never know who might find it and, and need that pick-me-up or or may have never seen an image of the Sacred Heart, and, and now they have. So, yeah, it's a really, really cool thing to do. So thanks for taking the lead on that and making us do it. I contributed with my one little rock. I, I have, like, zero artistic ability in that regard and so I just painted one little strip white strip on a black rock and made it look like a priest collar that was my that was my one rock I, I did it and very clever very clever <laughs> it was it was different right but uh check out that story on the on the rocks the the rocking evangelization it's in the July 24th through 30th 2017 St. Louis Review and uh, you can find Jennifer in the, the paper every week in the St. Louis Review, also online at stlouisreview.com. Follow her on Twitter. Follow all of us on Twitter, including the Archdiocese, uh, as well as Facebook and Instagram. And uh, here we are. We're back at, back at it with the Catholic Gateway Podcast after taking off a couple weeks. And we're going to do our best to be more consistent now. And uh, we're going to change up sort of the format a little bit, as you may have already heard on this episode and uh, so doing more uh, more news breaks and then and then later we'll have some um, more feature stories as we've done before so those will sort of be separate now and uh, just stay tuned keep listening thanks for subscribing to the Catholic Gateway podcast you, know, you can find us on iTunes Google Play Stitcher or your favorite podcast app so just search for us find us you can find us on SoundCloud as well if you're not into subscribing to, to podcasts you can find us there or archstl.org slash podcast is our URL as well. So thanks for listening. I'm Gabe Jones, and this is the Catholic Gateway Podcast, your weekly news update for the week of August 7th, 2017. The Catholic Gateway Podcast is a production of the Archdiocese of St. Louis. I'm your host, Gabe Jones. We hope you'll join us again next time here in the Gateway to the West, the Rome of the West, Catholic St. Louis.